0: thank you so much for joining us for kingdom rock radio on today's broadcast pastor sumiko stroud is going to teach from the book of galatians now let's join her in this series entitled journey through the book of galatians this is session number seven and it is the final one in this series
1: well we are in galatians chapter six today and this is going to be our final lesson from Galatians. So we have seen a little bit of review on the board. I'm not sure where we'll be headed um, after this, but today we are going to finish Galatians. So what have we been talking about so far? Well, salvation between Romans and Galatians. You see there's a lot of similarities between the two. Uh, the gist of what we've been talking about is that salvation is by grace uh, through faith. It's not something we can work And earn, although we have, uh, as a people, we have a tendency to think we need to do something to get it. Uh, And so we will try to be good enough, or we will say, I'll come to church once I've made some changes in my life, or, you know, that kind of thing, or when I'm, you know, at this point, or when I, when I do this, we will start to equate our salvation, even when we have come and given our lives to the Lord. Well, then we start to think, well, as long as I'm reading my Bible or as long as I'm attending church, as long as I'm praying. And all of those are very needful. Don't get me wrong. uh, It is necessary, uh, not for salvation, uh, but for our continued Christian growth. Salvation comes by grace, excuse me, through faith, through us believing in the finished work of the cross. It's not something we can earn. It's what we have to believe. And grace uh, means that it's not something that we've earned. It is a gift, a free gift, uh, to us. And by that, we have to, uh, remember not only is it a free gift to us, but it is a gift to anybody. Uh, no matter where they're from or what kind of person they currently are, uh, we are all, we were all sinners when Christ died for us. We were all at our worst, having done our worst or going to do our worst when he died for us. So there's nobody, um, here, that is not as equally worthy. If we were going to say use the word worthy of salvation than anybody else, we're all equally entitled if we just believe uh, and receive salvation by our, or through faith. Now, some people that they get a little tripped up on that because they're saying, "Well, you mean I don't have to do anything? I should have to do something." If I don't have to do anything, well, then that means I can do everything. You know, people will just go from one extreme. I don't know why we like extremes, but people go from one extreme to the other. Well, grace equals liberty, uh, not law. Uh, liberty meaning freedom. We can't go back and tell people, well, now, like like they were telling uh, the Galatians, the church in Galatia, now that you've been saved, Paul t- gave you part of the story. Now there's more. Now you have to also do this. And we don't want to get caught up into that because then that says that the work of the cross wasn't enough, right? And it had to be enough because we already have been proven uh, by what goes on in the Old Testament that us trying to fulfill the law wasn't enough because we couldn't do it. It's not just a matter of doing some, the 10 that we like to talk about. It's a matter of doing all. It's an all or nothing uh, kind of thing. And we've already proven that we're not capable of doing that. So grace equals liberty, not law. We are free uh, to follow uh, Christ, free free to believe, free to serve, not because we have to, but because we choose to. Liberty is an opportunity to serve, not a license to sin. So we have to be careful that we don't go from those one extremes to the other. Saying that the law has been fulfilled and now you don't have to walk around and carry the law and say, okay, wait, I have to make sure that today I don't do this, I don't do this, I don't do that. That's not what salvation is about. But that also doesn't mean that you wake up every day and say, well, God's already forgiven me. What kind of trouble, what kind of things can I get into? Let me just try and experiment a little bit. Let me see, try this on for size and see how that works. You know, I'm okay, I'm covered anyway. Uh, there's nothing I can do that he won't forgive me for. That's not what it's all about. If we're doing that, then we've missed the point altogether. Um, so let's think about, in, you know, in our own relationships, and we've talked about this a couple of times. Um, of course, you know, the big example that we use is being faithful to your spouse. You don't be faithful to your spouse because it's required, you know, you know, it's like, you know, this is my, um okay, now I've gotten up and I said I was going to love you and cherish you, whatever, so, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm going to provide for you because I have to, I'm going to be nice to you because I said I would in front of everybody at church, um, you know, I'm going to stay with you because people know we're married and I don't want to not because I'm a, I'm a man of my word. Or you don't want the wife saying, I'm, I'm going to prepare this meal for you because I said I would. And here's your food. And I washed your clothes. But here it is. I didn't use any fabric softener because I didn't agree to that. But, you know, here do you. <laughs> you don't want people doing stuff like, you do you want anybody doing for you out of obligation. No. You can tell, right, that they are doing it just because, well, I said I would. You know, and we don't want to serve the Lord like that. Well, I came up, you know, at the altar and said I wanted to be saved, so that means I got to come to church. I'm coming. I'm going to church because I said I would go. I'm going to read a little bit in this Bible because they told me I needed to. Let me pray. Bless this food. Amen. Now I lay me down to sleep. Pray the Lord, my soul to keep. And we do these things out of drudgery, out of habit. And you say, Well, let me follow these laws because I don't want to be, you know, out of God's graces, because if I don't do them, then bad things will happen to me. We don't that's serving out of necessity. We want to serve, it's an opportunity to serve. We want to do it out of love. When somebody does something for you because they love you. It doesn't even matter if it's not a really big thing, right? Because you know that they're doing it because they love you. You know, when people say, well, you know, if you get a gift, it's, well, it's the thought that counts. Well, you know, it depends on how much of the thought. Know. But it, <laughs> it's the thought in that it's nice that somebody, because they cared enough about you, they wanted to express it in some way. When we have given our lives to the Lord, following the laws or following or doing what he has called us to do or refraining from doing some things that we could do it's not because we're afraid of the consequence but because we love him we appreciate him so much for what he's done remember sin was a debt we couldn't pay And so because we appreciate him so much, we want to do things that we know are pleasing in his sight, not because we fear the consequence of not doing them, but because we simply want to say, I love you. And there's no better way of expressing that other than I am so appreciative that I am going to then take this life that you have salvaged, Lord, because I was it was going nowhere fast in my hands. I was making a mess of things. But you have salvaged this, and you have made it be the beautiful thing that it is. I'm going to, in turn, give that life over to you. What would you have me do? How can I serve you? Uh, what can I do that's pleasing to you? How can I show others uh, the love and the compassion and the mercy that you've given me? And that's an act of love. That is not just an act of, well, you know, servitude or obedience or or slavery. You know, I'm I'm doing this because I have to because now he owns me. It's not that kind of thing. It is a choosing to lay down my life and maybe not do some things I would want to do because I want to do some things that he would want me to do. Okay. So liberty, an opportunity to serve, not only to serve the Lord, but an opportunity to serve one another. We need each other. Have you ever been out there on your own? I don't know how people do it. We need one another. Um, even if we don't always want to be around one another, it's still nice to know that, you know, I may think, well, you're counting on my last nerve and I don't even need to talk to you for a couple of days. In the back of my mind, am I saying I don't need you ever? No, I just need a little space right now. That's all, because we need each other. We have to be careful. In chapter five, we talked about works of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit. When we are focused on just what it takes to make us happy, uh, you know, remember that we're at war, two natures. Our old nature is, a, is what is what the flesh is, not this body. But the old nature, the part of us that says, we don't need God, I don't even think there is a God. You remember, we talked about that when the fool says in his heart, there is no God. I can do whatever I need to do. All of this is just here for my benefit. Uh, When we nurture that part of us, then we have the works of the flesh and we have, you know, anger and we have jealousy and envy and we have, uh, uh, lasciviousness and we have all of those things, um, that are not like God. But when we instead nurture our spirit, uh, the part that cries out to Him, uh, the part that, that longs to worship Him, that longs to praise Him, then the fruit of that spirit, and that's when love and joy and peace, Uh, and gentleness, all of that comes out. So in chapter six, Paul tells us, now there are going to be times that even though we are working uh, to serve the Lord, even though that we are giving our lives to him and we are focused on him, there are going to be times when we may miss the mark. And that's what sin is. We may miss the mark. We may get off the path. We get sidetracked. What what is saying James when we're led by our or led away for our own lust and tempted, uh there are gonna be things out there. Uh you're still you. And the things that were tempting to you before uh may still be tempting to you now. Now there will come a time when there's some things you're like, Well, finally, that's not an issue for me anymore. Thank you, Lord. Now only nine thousand nine hundred and ninety nine to go. <laughs> but at least I'm done with that one, right? But there will be times when we will be led away. And chapter six says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Now we talked about meekness last week as a fruit of the spirit. Remember, and that was proper use of power and authority. Uh, we can, improper use of authority is, you know, when you run around on people being a dictator, so to say, just because somebody gives you a little bit of authority, they tell you that, um, you know, you can stand at the, the door and greet people when they come in, and you start telling people, you can't come in this church because you ain't dressed properly, or, you know, you need to come on in here and sit down, or you start going around, you know, bossing people around, like all we said you could do was greet people at the door. Yes, that is all. Some people, a little bit of power goes, too far with them. Amen, amen. And so we have to remember as a fruit of the Spirit when we allow the Spirit to work in our lives. He works that meekness in us that you can be in authority uh, without being a harsh dictator over people. Uh, have you ever been in a situation? I know I've been. You've had some people just not supervising material. I've been on jobs where my supervisor was not really supervising material because that little bit of authority that they had, I'm like, you don't own the place. You're just working here just like me. You've been here a little bit longer, but that's about it, okay? So we have to be careful that when we're in authority positions that we don't take advantage of people that are um, beneath us, so to speak, on the ladder, which is why, you know, it's always such a, a horrible thing when you hear about people that have entered relationships with their subordinates because you're in a position of authority over them, and, you know, you should not take advantage of that situation. So when we're being meek, uh, we are using authority properly. And so, uh, the, Paul tells us in the Bible, in the word here, that if a man be overtaken in a fault, now there are going to be times when, uh, even just us grouping here, uh, there's going to be a time where one of us, uh, is going to head down a wrong road. And th- when that happens, Another of us who sees that is going to have to restore them uh, in the spirit of meekness. And that's difficult to do because you have to confront somebody and you have to say, you're going down the wrong road. And there's a way of doing it that's not judgmental. And that's what he's telling us. It's not that we use it for our own benefit and say, well, I'm glad, Lord, that I'm not like them. See, I'm not doing that. And we don't tell, go around telling everybody, did you know that brother so-and-so was living this kind of way and doing this and that and the other? And he's supposed to be saved. I don't know why he's acting like that. I don't know what kind of salvation he has. That's an improper way. The proper way is if we see somebody going down the wrong road, uh, in the spirit of meekness, we who are spiritual, we who are still where we're supposed to be, you know, sort of pull them to the side and say, look, you know, I've noticed some things going on. You want me to pray with you? Maybe we can, you know, let's get this thing under control. Notice you've, you know, maybe stepped back a little bit. Because usually that's what happens. First, we, you know, we sort of step back, um, You know, in our church attendance, then we, you know, we kind of step back. Well, I think usually we step back in our relationship with the Lord first, and then we kind of step back in our church attendance because, you know, when you're not doing something, you don't want to be around people who are because that kind of reminds you that you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. So you sort of pull back, and then before you know it, you know, you're like way over here. Kind of like if any of you have ever been on the beach, you ever notice when you're standing on the beach. You're just all engrossed in what's going on. Oh, the seashells and the pretty ocean and the view. And ah. And then when you look and you're like, how did I get all the way out here? Right? Because the tide of will just sort of come and you just slowly just sort of move a little bit further out and a little bit further out before you realize, hey, I better get myself back to the shore. I don't know how to swim. You know, that happened to me. I don't swim well enough and I can't drink all this. I better back up a little bit. But it happens gradually. And sometimes in our Christian walk, we will gradually find ourselves where we are further from the Lord than we intended to be. And so then, and sometimes we get out there too far. Sometimes I was far enough where I could make my way back. But sometimes you may get out there too far. And what happens? You panic. And you start to think, I'm too far away now. I can't get back. There's no hope for me. We forget that salvation is all about grace and not about works. It's not about whether or not you can do enough to earn yourself uh, back in God's, you know, good st- and his graces and good standing. Because sometimes we'll think, oh, I can't believe I, I've done that. He can't possibly forgive me for that. But what we need to remember again is there is nothing that we can do that he is not willing to forgive us if we just repent and ask. Alright. So sometimes we'll get out there and we may need a little help getting back. And we need somebody to come in love and in meekness, not because they want to exploit, uh, what we've done for their own benefit so they can say that I am holier than you or that how dare, I can't believe you could get caught up in such a thing. No, but here I am as a brother or sister. Let me help you. Let me help you get back to where you need to be. And we're doing it in love because we sincerely want them to be back uh, on the right path where they need to be. And Paul tells us, you know, and be careful uh, while you're doing it, because you may end up out there yourself. So we have to be mindful of that. Uh, and that also will help us to stay meek if when I realize that while I'm pulling you in today, I may need you to pull me in tomorrow. It doesn't matter who we are, what position we hold in the church, we all need a lifeline. We all need somebody who's sort of looking out for and say, you know, I don't know now, you look like you are uh, moving too far over to the left or moving too far over to the right. Let me help you. Come on back. Come on back. Because we get so caught up in life sometimes. If you ever, you just get so caught up in what's going on around you that sometimes we just lose sight of what's important, we get so caught up because what seems important, life is staring us in the face every day. Um, the things of the flesh are staring us in the face every day. And sometimes they seem more real than the things that are of the Spirit. And we can easily get sidetracked and we need one another to be there uh, so that we can help each other. And he says in verse two, bear you one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Now, does that mean that I'm supposed to, my burdens, if my burden is bills, I'm supposed to take all my bills to Brother Kelly and say, the Lord says, bear one another burden, brother. This has been weighing heavy on me for a while. I'm going to leave it with you, bro. Brother Kelly's like, no, I'm not taking it. You're supposed to bear my burden, bro. Ain't you saved? <laughs> That's not what he's talking about. Bearing one another's burdens meaning that we are here for each other. We are helping one another to stay strong. I'm praying for you. You're praying for me. I'm looking out for you. You're looking out for me. Because sometimes we're, we're in the thick of things. Uh, you just don't see what's happening. Uh, case in point, men, you just got to love them. But sometimes they are clueless as to when the lady is just throwing herself at them. especially when when they are married. I think they just forget how the whole system works and they don't realize because they figure, well, she can't possibly be coming on to me because I'm married and she knows it. Well, what they don't realize is there are some women that only prefer married men. That's a whole other Bible study altogether. But anyway, so part of bearing one another's burdens is when you see that going on. And See, I wasn't even talking about him. I was talking about something else. But when you see it going on, then you can pull them to the side and say, Hun, she, she wants more than just your attention. She's not looking for a friend. You need to pull away, uh, be careful. Right, Because she has a plan in place. You're about to get caught in her net, like that, how was it, to the spider, to the fly. You're the fly in this situation. <laughs> you may want to be mindful. And I've seen it time and time again. And, and men, are, they're sincere. They're like, no, that's not going on. And you're like, yes, that's what's going on. So we are there for one another as we're bearing each other's burdens. You know, you kind of see in the action movies when they're fighting, they always get back to back, you know, so then you can see, you know, all around you. That's how we should be as a body of Christ. So we have each other's backs. So that we're, we're fighting this fight together and we're watching together. So there may be something the next, um, dart or arrow that the enemy shoots may not be meant for me but if I see it coming toward you I can try to protect you I can give you a heads up you know I can be there and if you and you may listen and you may not listen but if you don't listen I don't look and say I told you so no then I rush to your aid how can I help you get back up you've been struck you're bleeding let me help you so that we can get back in this thing together. I need you back in the fight with me. I get no pleasure out of seeing you struck down, bleeding to death in the valley. I need you in this fight with me. We all need to be in this thing together. So we're, we're bearing one another's burdens. We're looking out for each other's uh, blind spots, you know, so to speak, so that we can take care of one another. And he says, So if a man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. If you think you can do this on your own, then you are lying to yourself. And that's one of the worst lies you can do is one to yourself because nobody can then correct you because you're just in this whole world uh, on your own and you think, I've got this under control. No, hon, you don't. We all need each other. Uh, we don't have this under control. We can't do this on our own. We are not, in fact, an island. Um no. We are not an island. We all need each other. We are so much stronger, so much better, so much more effective uh when we are when we work as a team. We are a team. If you've ever been on a team, I and mean, you ever been on a team before? Now some people only do individual um uh you know those kinds of sports where you're just out there on your own. But if you've ever had to work as a team then you realize that it's better. It doesn't matter how good you are. If the rest of the players can't hold their own, there's only so much you can do. I played softball when I was much, much younger, and I was good. Y'all should have seen it. Uh, but anyway, I pitched uh, for a while. I played several different positions, but one of them was pitcher. Now, sometimes when I would get frustrated, Uh, If we were you know, losing or if something was going on, whatever, whatever. I didn't pitch as well when I was frustrated as I did when I was calm. Well, my first baseman knew she could tell because we had worked so well together for so long. She could tell when Samiko was tensing up. And we all knew that that was going to get ugly real fast. (laughs) So she had this little song that she sang. I don't know if you may be familiar with uh, Velcro Fly ZZ Top. I don't know how. But this the thing was so hilarious to me. So when she could see that I was tensing up, she would start singing that song, which the other team would be like, What? Especially if there was somebody on first base, they would really get distracted. But it would tickle me enough that I could relax and do my job effectively. And so we worked well together as a team, as did you know the rest of the, the girls on the team. And so we kind of have to be like that in the body of Christ. When you see, we need to spend enough time with each other so that we know one another so that we can see, because she would be, you know, to my, you know, adjacent to me to my back, and she could tell just from my body language that something was going on. And we need to be that way with each other, that we can tell from our body language, you know, hey, there's something, something's going on. They're tensing up. They're about to freak out. It's going to get ugly. Let me do something to bring them back, to calm them down, to help get them where they need to be, right? That's what we need to do as a body of Christ. That's what Paul is telling us. That's what it means when we bear one another's burdens, when we're mindful of what's going on. Because life, whether I say the commercial life, comes at you fast. And you may know the proper way to respond and still not do it. Because we don't know when things are going on, you can be well, like that movie, The Perfect Storm. when if everything hits just right at the same time, just because you know you need to pray doesn't mean that will be your go-to thing. That's right. That's right. You may find yourself somewhere over and you're thinking, what am I doing here? How is like your feet then have a mind of their own? You're thinking, why am I going over here? I don't need to go over here. There's nothing good over here. I should not be here. But yet, it's so wonderful, and here I am, right? We know things that we shouldn't do, but when we find ourselves, like when you just get beat down just enough, when you get weak, just weak enough, you will go to do, and I remember a lady telling me there was this guy that she really liked, and um, she wasn't married to him, but she was attracted to him, and she had, she she knew when he appeared on her doorstep, she was, she was almost expecting it because several things had gone on in her life and she had not prayed as she should and she was in a weakened state. And it was almost like he could smell it across town that she was in a weakened state. <laughs> and he came and knocking I mean, you know, because it's not like he had really paid her any attention before. And he came a-knocking on the door that day, smiling, how you doing? Right? And it was just at that... Well, she knew the whole time when she was opening the door to let him in, I don't need to be doing this. I don't need to be doing this. And proof that she didn't need to be doing that was the child she had nine months later with him. And he was, just as quickly as he came, he left. Because he, you know, it wasn't about... It was just her in a weakened state. Because, you know, the enemy knows us. Now, was he her enemy... No, but he was used as the enemy because the enemy knew that would be, he could he could walk through the door. That person could get in. If he had sent somebody else, then perhaps, no, she would have turned them away. But because he knew what was in her, uh, Satan knows what's in you. He knows what you will let through the door when you're at a weakened state. Now, wouldn't it have been so great that if one of her brothers and sisters in Christ had been praying and been like, wait, something's up. Something's going on with so-and-so. And then call, and if they don't answer the phone, show up. Hey, even if you get there right after he did, like, hey, you, uh, you got to go. I don't know what's going on here, but you got to go. And do it in love and in meekness. And okay, so she's angry with you right now. She'll appreciate it later. Because I'm here because I love you. And I know that when you're thinking clearly, you wouldn't do this thing. So that's what we are going to do. We are we are loving one another. We are teamwork. We're bearing each other's burdens. And then we're also being mindful of ourselves lest we fall into temptation because none of us is any better than anybody else. It can happen to the best of us. It can happen to those that have been saved for 20 years or those that have been saved for 20 minutes. It doesn't matter. We all can find ourselves in periods of weakness, and you're a fool if you think that it won't happen to you. Something can happen to you, please don 't be a fool you know let 's not think that we are that we are you know uh, impervious to it. there's nothing, even Superman has his kryptonite, right? We all have something, even Batman. <laughs> if you take his utility belt he 's weak, right? All of us have something that if we 're not careful, we can let it in my family just they just love the way he says his name but um so we are there, and remember, and it, then he goes and he tells us that where we sow, we will reap. If we sow to the flesh, we'll reap corruption. If we sow into the Spirit, uh, then we'll reap life everlasting. Let's not sow into the works of the flesh. If you are giving more of your time and energy to nurturing the part of you that says it doesn't need God, then that's what you will get. The part of you that is not like God is what will be stronger. But instead, sow into that part of you that craves the praise and worship uh, to God. And that's what we'll reap. That fruit will be flowing and it will be abundant in our lives. So that is up to us. There are some things that we can control where we give our time, what we put our energy into doing will we'll determine what we have. Um, you know, even just think about in any area of your life. If you focus on uh being physically fit, then that's the benefit you will reap. You don't get smarter from lifting weights. You get buff, right? You don't lose weight from reading weight loss books. Boy, if that were true, that would be awesome, right? <laughs> no, it's whatever you sow your time and energy into, that's the area where you see that reward. So we want to sow our time and energy into um, things of the Spirit, things that are like God, things that draw us closer to Him. And that's not always easy to do. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. Sometimes I, I still struggle with that. I hope none of you fall away because of that. Sometimes I still, because I mean, to be honest with you, to get up at three or four o'clock in the morning to pray, I'm like, oh. God's everywhere all the time. He don't need me then. <laughs> I need to sleep. But I, that doesn't mean I don't do it. Now, sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't intend to. Like the other morning, I was really just trying to make it to the bathroom. The pastor, was like, Samiko, oh, gosh, he was looking. <laughs> Can you come in the living room and pray with me for a little bit? Yeah, I'm coming. <laughs> you know, but then let's just be honest with ourselves. It's not that I don't love to pray. It's just during that time of the day, I I love to sleep a little bit more. So I have to be like, okay, Lord, if you get me up, I'll pray. But oh Lord, I sure hope you wait till the alarm wakes me up. You know, or some other time, but we have to be mindful of that. I have to be mindful that I don't want to sow more energy into the works, into my nature that is opposed to God. Excuse me, my the part of me that just wants to be comfortable in this life. I have to not sow more into that than I do into the Spirit. Right. We have to be mindful of that. And it is very easy, uh, to do. We can be going well. Have you ever just been going really, just you going really well? You're on fire. You're praying. Uh, it's like, you know, you are so close with God that all you have to do is open your mouth to pray and you're like there instantly. And then you're, you're reading the word and it's just coming alive to you. And every song, every word out of your mouth is a praise and worship song. And you're just, and, and then, you know, a couple days can go by and you're like, where is that Bible anyway? I need to take it to church. <laughs> you know, or, or the pastor will say, turn your Bible or so on. She's like, I used to know where the books of the Bible were. I don't even, I can't find the thing. I can't even find the table of contents. What is going on? It happens. But when we are in this together, when we're working as a team, then like my first baseman did, when you see one tensing up, then we know enough about each other. To to recognize it first of all and that comes from spending time together and that comes from spending time together outside of this building so that we know one another so that when you see something going on you can pray and ask the Lord for an opening now I don't know how we came to that song being the thing uh, but she spent enough time with me outside of the softball field that she knew well this is something that will tickle her or relax her and that was all I needed who cares what the song was about? I needed to get out of that moment and get back into what was going on. And sometimes that's what we need. Just a something to get you out of that moment uh, so that you can shake yourself and realize, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, what's going on here? Okay, okay. I'm good. I'm good. Sometimes it may take more than that. Sometimes they had to come out to the pitcher's mound, you know. Sometimes I may have to just I may have had to just sit it out a little bit. I was just exhausted. But sometimes that was all it took. But having, being surrounded by people who knew me well enough and were not, you know, were willing to do and not say, well, that's her thing. If she want to mess it up, then, you know. No, it's not my thing. It's our thing. We are the body of Christ. A body is is in and of itself. It's unified. So many different things going on, but working so well Together, the human body is amazing. And the fact that he equates us as a body, we're his body of believers, means that we have to function as a team or we don't function at all. Thank you guys so much for being a part of Sunday School. We have finished up Galatians. I hope you enjoyed it. I enjoyed it.
0: We pray that you are richly blessed by today's message. We would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. You can become our friend on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel and a whole lot more right there at KingdomRock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. And Sunday morning is at 10. Wednesday night, we have what's called Hour of Power. It starts at 6.30 p.m. All are invited.